The first week I did this, Daddy was doing something very exciting and it was hard to kind of keep him out of the room where I'm working. Within a week, it got old very quickly. Welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. This is episode number 24. I'm Derek Liu. And I'm Rick Thomas. And today, for this week's episode, we're going to talk about working from home. Also, we're going to talk about the Killing Eve season 3 trailer because uh, Rick found it particularly notable um but yeah the the news going on right now is just it's the only news which is the COVID-19 pandemic and it's you know affected many many people out there people have lost their jobs um lots of people who are fortunate enough to be able to work from home are working from home including Rick here who how long you been home now uh, we're from home uh, about three weeks yeah this is the this is the lockdown cut down like a lot of people I've never really experienced anything like this uh, you know in terms of something that directly hits I mean it hits every industry but you know normally trailers is quite a resilient industry because even you know people you know in an economic downturn people might go to the theaters a bit less and you might see a dip or you know you had the writer's strike or uh or you know 2008 a financial crash then maybe people went to theaters less but this is literally like people can't go to theaters <laughs> so right it's it's had a, a massive impact and uh, uh it's difficult times for the trader industry um that said you know i mean people are playing a lot of video games and um and people are watching a lot of stuff on Netflix and things like that. So uh, so there's still a lot of great content out there. And people, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to talk about this. It's crazy. Crazy town. Crazy times. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though theatrical things have been affected, there's still, like you said, Netflix and other streaming things, which do need trailers. Um, but certainly production has, has been affected because whatever's in production now is not in production unless it's some sort of high concept thing where everyone's in their own home i guess yeah or or people are out there filming post-apocalyptic things that they shouldn't be but they're like well i'm never going to see the city streets this empty so yeah so so people who have to be on the lookout for non-essential people out and about if you see someone with a camera and a small crew they're probably not in the essential category uh, as much as entertainment is important but you know, if, if they're not a healthcare worker or someone like uh, at a grocery store or something like that. Recently, you moved from LA to New York. So you're in the, you know, you're out of the frying pan into the fire there. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. How are things there? Although actually, I mean, you work from home anyway. So, so is this actually much different for you anyway? Um, it is not in terms of my day to day. In terms of not leaving your house. Yeah. I mean, I didn't leave the house much at all when I was in LA and I'm also not doing it now. And even if there wasn't a global pandemic. I probably wouldn't be leaving as much. Maybe I'd be eating out a little bit more. But it feels a little bit weird to see people running around like chickens with their heads cut off because they're saying, oh, my God, working from home is so hard. I'm like, yeah, uh, here's some tips. But just in terms of my day to day, you know, uh, my work hasn't really been affected. Uh, I'm still getting people asking for, for trailers because, you know, indie game developers, some of them work out of an office, but a lot of them probably work with a remote team so they're not affected in terms of their work environment maybe they're affected financially maybe someone their partner lost their job and they don't have insurance anymore or something like that uh, if they're in the u.s uh, but yeah it's been about the same for me uh day to day you know people are certainly asking me all the time like how is it in new york because they see the headlines about how new york has you know the bulk of the cases 
in the U.S., but you know, I'm not going out to to see what it's like necessarily. I'm just going out for groceries when I need them, but staying in as much as I can. Uh, I I read the news like everyone else, maybe a little more than I should. But you know, restaurants are closed, and I'm trying to get takeout from places that I want to survive and shop at smaller stores because the big places will be the ones that are will basically be fine but small mom and pop stores i'm a little worried about because that's sort of the heart of new york yeah this is this has impacted everyone and there's a lot of people in the trailer industry as well who've, who've lost their jobs already and have been furloughed um and just kind of reaching out to them and and hoping that everyone's okay. I was going to suggest that we talked about the trailer for Contagion in this, <laughs> but I was thinking about that about a week or two ago when it all seemed a bit um, a bit more kind of, I don't know, the meme industry is strong <laughs> with, the COVID, with COVID-19. People are really um, seeing the kind of the funny side. It's actually funny enough, we're recording this on uh, April Fool's Day, and I can't think of any media outlets that have actually done an April Fool's joke other than like, hey, everything's fine, because... It's uh, strange times. Strange times indeed. Yeah. I think it's for the better if April Fool's prank industry or, you know, the marketing ideas are just ignored this year. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are suggesting that we just cancel 2020 because, you know, there's a meme that out there that's like, due to recent circumstances, we've had to cancel 2020 and we're just going to, re- you know, we're just going to start again. Right, right. <laughs> Good times. There aren't a huge amount of trailers out there at the moment. There's a lot of stuff for streaming. But one that really kind of caught my attention recently was the trailer for Killing Eve Season 3. Eve is alive. She's back, Eve. This isn't about me. You don't seem very happy. Happy, happy. Have you seen the show at all? I have not, but I hear it's really good. I have not. I love Fleabag, and this is from uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, I don't know if this season is. I know definitely, she was a creator in the early seasons. So I know nothing about it either. Um, in fact, I'm not even entirely sure that Jodie Comer isn't Russian. I think she might be putting on an accent in this and reinventing herself, but I'm not entirely sure. The funny thought that I had was, we're going to talk about the Killing Eve trailer, but know nothing about the content. And there's probably podcasts out there talking about the trailer in terms of the content, but just not about the editing of the trailer. If you want to learn about Killing Eve, this will not be the podcast for that. <laughs> and actually, it's an interesting experiment talking about season three without having, see, you know, as, a, as an isolated thing, because often when you get to these, especially to season three of a show... It has, like, backstory that's built up, right? Yeah, and I don't think you necessarily go for a new audience with, with season three, unless you're kind of gonna trying to bring people in with reviews or something like that to say, hey, it's a great show. You know, this is a very kind of... This is a very insidery trailer. Yeah, I had to sort of parse the the lore or the backstory through this. So I guess Jodie Comer is the ex of uh, Sandra Oh's character, Eve, I assume. Yeah, and maybe killed her unsuccessfully. And she's upset about that. And then if that's the basic premise, then uh, this is the trailer that is that story i suppose yeah uh, the reason i like this was um stylistically it seems very cool i don't know what the music cue they found is but they're really working with it in terms of repetition and rhythm and we talk about rhythm a lot in terms of things like hobson shaw and action and rhythmic trailer cutting um and this is a kind of more subtle version of that with sound design and uh, what, that's what i really liked about it there's one particular section where there's a bike bell and then someone kind of goes ha and there's some shears 
cutting and it seems kind of abstract. (laughs) And it was just really attention grabbing for me and I really liked it. Yeah, I think that usually this style of really strong sort of audio accents tends to be for a very action-y film. Uh, one other example, there was that Kong Skull Island trailer, which you know drops out the music and then you know guns cock and that sort of thing. But this one, I feel like in conjunction with the music, is made to make the audience feel sort of unsettled. Uh, I think the this music cue at the beginning where it's like a music that's kind of discordant and weird and the, the notes are, uh, I don't know, eight, I don't know if atonal is the right word, but just it sounds off in a way that's like if you imagined, I don't know, a, a record player being messed with or something like that or a bit of audio tape getting moved around ahead. It's just sort of weird and it's like, oh, something is off here. It makes me feel uneasy. I just had a really bad breakup. When I think about my ex, I realize I am so much happier now she's dead. Yeah, actually, that, that kind of thing applies to the whole thing. That It feels like the whole trailer is being kind of scratched and sampled and upcut. And, you know, you've got the repetition of when they say Eve is alive and it's actually it's very kind of music video-y, that kind of aesthetic. And at the end, you've got shots that flip to other shots and then back to the previous shot and jump cuts and it feels like it's in that video aesthetic yeah lots of lots of jump cuts in this one um sometimes within the same shot and some things that they'll repeat in action like there's this one shot where a woman is sort of shrugging her shoulders or something like that and they match that with i guess another scene where she's doing the same thing um that's a cool thing that you can do in trailers is just match up a whole bunch of things which if it was just one shot by itself it would probably be too fast to actually understand what's going on but by repeating the same sort of action across two shots it sort of becomes its its own idea um and a lot of um like screaming and yelling in between all these these music bits just really make the the character very off kilter seeming yeah to your earlier point about the atonality of the opening cue you actually get that when it cuts out for her singing i'm moving up in the world she opens a window and she sings out to it and i don't know whether that's even necessarily in the right key but it kind of fits with the fact that everything's a little discordant um and unsettling and just yeah and very successful and draws me in and now maybe i because i might have time on my hands (laughs) i might need to uh start watching um killing eve yeah i think it does a really good job for conveying sort of personality of the character um, and a little bit of the tone, which for someone who doesn't know anything about this show, except that it's called Killing Eve and it has Sandra Oh, uh, that does tell me something just through the editing. Like, okay, this is this is the vibe you're going to be going for. It's not going to be, I don't know, a comedy sitcom. It's going to be this this thing which is a little bit off and weird. So that could be like a way of... I mean, it it works for the existing audience, but for people who don't know anything about the show, it is something that's in there, even if they don't necessarily parse what is going on story-wise. So 
um, yeah, it's 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 very successful. I think it's it's really well done. So yeah, so we touched on it at the start there a little bit that you're more used to it than other people. So I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about working from home because a lot of people are now doing it. And um, and I wondered if you had any pearls of wisdom as people adjust to this to this new normal. Yeah. So I have I actually wrote a blog post pretty recently about uh, this very thing just because it seemed to be the thing to do for people who have experience with it. Um, and so I can share some of the tips that I have there. Um, and I will caveat this with these tips that I'm going to give are me when I'm at my best working from home, because I'm not always like so on the ball with all these things. I certainly have times when I'm maybe scrolling through social media feed a little too long or something. Uh, these are basically the things that help me the most. And when they work and I'm, I stick to them, then they work. And I think that... Uh, it can be helpful for other people. So the first tip that I have is uh, just work in chunks of time and rest, which is just sort of another way of saying schedule your workday. And I think a really important part for this that I definitely need to do more of is actually less about the work scheduling and more about the rest scheduling. Because it's just, like I said, it's so easy to just get off task, get distracted. So it's really good if you set aside certain amount of time for like, you know, read the news or check Twitter and just only do that during those times. There are a lot of ways that people say to work, like in the chunks that they do. So one is called the Pomodoro method. I was going to say that reminds me of Pomodoro, definitely. Yeah. So the Pomodoro method, if you don't know, is working in chunks of time. So you work for like 25 minutes on one thing, then you take a five minute break, and then you repeat that four times. Um, so then, you know, four times working 25 minute chunks, then four or five minute breaks. And then after you do four of those chunks, then take a 30 minute break. And then after that, repeat it again. And literally have a timer ticking down. So you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And you're like, oh, no, I'm sitting my 25 minutes. Yeah. And there, there are timers you can get on like the App Store or probably Google Play. There's one I used called, um, I think, Focus Timer, Fo- uh, Focus Keeper. And a lot of times they have like a little tomato icon on them just to Im- indicate which method they're using. Um, another method I've seen is just working in chunks of 90 minutes and then... Uh, I think 30 minutes after that, um, which that one, when I saw it, they said it's like, oh, it's keys into our circadian rhythms or something like that. But, uh, you know, whichever one works for you. But the, the key really is to just schedule in the time, the downtime. Otherwise, it'll just take over everything if you're anything like me, uh, because, you know, social media feeds are made to be addicting in that way. And they're very good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually done something before. I started working from home, which was to use the screen time app on my iPhone to limit my time. Mm. And actually, I I disabled all social media between 10 and 6 anyway, and then gave myself an hour limit on those apps even outside of that time. And that's really helped me because it is, like you say, it's very kind of easy to, to fall down that hole, especially when current events are so captivating. Yeah. The thing that I realized when doing this method, just like 25 minutes and the five minutes is, you know, not a lot happens on a social media feed within 25 minutes. So if you stick to it, you end up feeling sort of silly for ever checking it so often because you're like, why Why was I checking constantly when if within 25 minutes, nothing ever happened? And you think that having a timer is just a really simple thing, but it's just, just seeing that there and having that sort of constraint set upon yourself 
is a pretty big motivator. I mean, it's, it's really helped me whenever I've used it. The trick is to get myself to use it, which is a whole other problem entirely. <laughs> yeah. Anything that you can do to enforce self-discipline on you is, uh, is great. Yeah. Um, another one I have is to break projects into chunks. Um, I mean, it's just good in general. But um, if you set yourself to-do lists, try to make the things that you need to do in the to-do list as granular as possible. You know, if I put make a YouTube video on my to-do list, I'm just never going to do that. But if I write out, you know, a to-do list uh, with things that are like write the script, record the voiceover, select B-roll, edit B-roll, you know, look for music, edit the music to the video, adjust the sound mix, make a thumbnail, you know, create a description, come up with tags and like upload it. That's like a whole bunch of different things. And then maybe I'll just do a couple of those things in a day, or maybe I'll do three of them, which sort of segues into the next thing, which is basically try to set yourself, I said like one to two tasks per day, which sounds like nothing, but oh, this is especially important when I'm juggling multiple projects because a lot of cases I just need to be working on the project a little bit each day so then that nothing stagnates. So I might set something like breakdown visuals, which I mean, that could be a day unto itself, but maybe I'll work on it for like half the day um, or uh, something like capture the first pass of this game for half the day or something like that. And this is just to not give yourself a list that's too long per day. And, you know, even though I just talked about making a long list of things to do, um, the trick is to just set yourself a, a couple things or a few things and then allow yourself to be okay only getting that much done because I think a lot of times um, we can spend a lot of time thinking about what we should be doing instead of actually doing something. So by just saying, okay, here's the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. Cool. I did it. Great. I, I made some progress uh, rather than like, well, should I do this first? Or this one's important. This one, the deadline's coming up. And it's, it's, it's really easy to get like analysis paralysis. Uh, working from home especially if you don't have like a manager breathing down your neck i was gonna say if you're if you're working for yourself then that's a double um a double whammy you're essentially being your own manager and uh like how much in a day given that you already do it like how much are you getting new tasks on a daily basis or are you always in a position where you can kind of manage your own time like that um i mean it 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 changes all the time it's it's really squishy um sometimes uh my my email is my task list, basically, because maybe uh, someone was checking in with me, and I just have to reply to them by a certain point, um, which is actually why I used to like um, Google Inbox, which was their old Gmail you, uh, interface, which they got rid of, I think, early last year or something like that. It designed email so then that everything was a task instead of sort of an, an email. It was almost like it turned email into to-do list, which is basically how I use it anyway, because uh, email is uh, a number of tasks unto itself, which, I mean, you could also set time, okay, only email, work on email in the morning or in, late in the day or something like that. Yeah, I think my main thing would be exercise. <laughs> Not that you exercise much, um, kind of sitting at a desk anyway, um, but it is important to get a change of scenery and get out side as much as possible as long as you stay six feet away from other people <laughs> right yeah my exercise has suffered the most since i moved because i had a really nice routine when i was in la i'd go to this park every almost every single morning um and the weather was always going to be great whereas here i have to find like a new spot to do my like 
martial arts exercising and jump roping, uh, which I found at an okay spot. But since I just haven't got that routine going, it's easy to just not do it. And there's no magic formula for doing something like that. You just have to force yourself to do it, basically, because there's never going to be a time where you're like, wow, I should do that right now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel great because I think a thing like exercise, at least for me, it always feels like a pain before you head out the door. But once you come back in the door, you're like, that was a really good thing I did. I should do that more. I was contemplating whether anyone had actually set up a Peloton next to their, <laughs> to their desk and is doing any kind of editing like that. I'm sure the, the sales are through the roof uh, for all those like indoor gym bike sort of things. Yeah, if you can get it shipped to you. Or a treadmill desk, that's the thing. Yeah, I actually missed, I got really used to standing um, and I missed my um, standing desk because I'm sitting down a lot. So anything else in terms of tips for working from home? Um, one of them was to nap if you're capable of taking naps. Uh, I'm pretty fortunate in that I can, if I'm really working at it, I can do a 20, 30 minute nap and then just wake up and be refreshed. This is especially useful if I just ate lunch and I'm super groggy and useless for the next two or three hours if I don't nap. But if I take like a 30 minute nap, then I can uh, be much better. That sounds like the working from home regimen of someone who doesn't have children yet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, that's definitely a thing because you have two kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, my my scenario that I'm describing th- through here is all, you know, single person uh, ideal scenario, pretty much. Do you have any uh, tips for for uh, parents out there who are working from home now with with kids? No, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, this is everyone in the country. Everyone's trying to like their kids are doing school, you know, remote learning for school. And uh, everyone's working in the same house and, and, you know, you can't really remote learn for, you know, under five-year-olds. So, uh, no, suffice to say that, you know, the first week I did this, daddy was doing something very exciting and it was hard to, um, and it was hard to kind of keep him out of the room where I'm working. And then within a week, it got old <laughs> very quickly. The novelty wore off and now I'm, uh, and now I'm able to focus, <laughs> but no napping. And then the other tip that I had was when you're not working, stop working. This can be really hard, especially if you're, you know, uh, own your business or something like that and you are your own manager. But if you can find a way to stop thinking about work at a certain time of day or something like that, some sort of boundary, um, then that's uh, a really good thing to do. I would say that. I would say like a physical or mental boundary because that's something I've definitely experienced. Like I had that and I had a commute. Uh, So, you know, I don't know if you've got something like this, but, you know, if you can fake a commute (laughs) almost, you know, that you that you definitely have that barrier between like this is my home life and this is my work life because the temptation to be like, oh, I'll just check my emails or I'll just, you know, oh, I've had an idea. It used to be we've talked about it before, but, you know, if I had an idea in the shower, then, you know, there was no way of me actioning that beyond writing a note to myself to do later. Whereas now it can be like, oh, I can do it. And in my towel, dripping wet, <laughs> I can go and literally do that, do that note now. So, yeah. And I think the trap that you can easily fall into when working from home or freelancing or something like that is thinking to yourself, well, you know, if I just don't limit my hours, then I'll get more work done because then I can work all the time. But I think actually it's really easy to just work less by falling to that trap because tasks often fill the time that they're given. So if you don't set those boundaries, then the task is just going to take forever, basically, until you realize, holy crap, I wasted too much time and I need to do this right now because 
I waited out my deadlines basically uh, by just thinking, oh, you know, it's it's fine. I have all the time in the world until, which is fine until you don't. <laughs> yeah, internal deadlines, even self-imposed, are a good idea. And that's and and your earlier point about making lists and things like that will definitely help and, and compartmentalizing and breaking breaking things down into manageable chunks yeah and it's very hard because especially now there's just there's so many ways to entertain yourself and then people are more people are home now than ever and then there's all these things coming out like oh uh this the martial arts gym i'm at they're decided to do online classes for free it's like oh well this is going to be live at one o'clock i have to do that uh i can't miss out on that so you got a little fomo there just totally disrupting your entire work day if you decide to to do that so it's it's hard (laughs) but again if you can if you have the opportunity to do it in the uh, work situation that lets you then that's uh, fantastic because it's much better than the alternative which is potentially just not having a job right now in a really scary time yeah and to that point and to the point of mental health i think it uh, i think something you flagged up is to have chats going you know online chats um obviously zoom has gone through the roof now um with other people so you so you maintain that social thing both for you know creatively getting ideas out there and also for um the social aspect that you're missing out by not having colleagues who can pop into your office and go hey you know yeah or you know water cooler moments you need a virtual water cooler yeah i've had one screening party for star trek picard with a couple of my friends and i've tentatively set up like a double dinner date over zoom with some friends of mine in new york nice uh so we'll we'll see how much of a thing this becomes but yeah other, other than that uh pretty much business as usual for me which uh, is is very lucky. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Derek's top tips for um, <laughs> for working from home and my kind of stumbling into uh, into this new reality. Um, you can check out Derek's blog post for um, for uh, kind of more in depth. Is it more in depth? A little bit more in depth <laughs> for uh, for more in depth. Uh, version of this and um, we just hope that everyone is uh, is doing all right and staying safe and washing their hands and And not touching their face uh, not touching their face and um, that this will pass soon and regular scheduled trailer podcasts which seem um, a luxury in uh, in the current thing will um, will resume and there will be trailers to discuss. Yep. Uh, as always, you can ask us questions or contact us at cutdown at idlethumbs.net. Yeah, we love hearing from people. Someone emailed us to say that they just got their first trailer job. There was a, what was it? It was a, a 16-year-old editor who said that they'd want to get into trailers for a couple of years now. So I was like, all right, well, cool. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know when I was like an, a yet an early teenager that this was um, this was a possibility. And uh, I think they got some work. So um, good luck on your on your new task. And um, we love uh, we love hearing things like that yeah if absolutely even if you don't have questions if you just have a comment or something like that you can send it in to us uh we really appreciate everything that you send us um we're also on twitter at cutdowncast and i am at derek underscore lou and i'm at rick thomas we're a part of the idle thumbs network and you can join us on the idle thumbs forums to discuss this week's episode if you have any work from home tips or stories i'm sure people are exhausted talking about the current events but uh idle thumbs forums are a great place to hang out um and if you're enjoying the show uh please leave us a review on the apple podcasts store uh tell your friends about it we also want to give a thank you to our friends at twisted jukebox for our intro music thanks for listening (laughs) 